Hi folks, I'm Alan Water. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of January 2012. I always start off by advising newcomers to help themselves to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You find uh, over a thousand free audios for download where I try and show you shortcuts to understanding the big system you're living through to help you avoid all the pitfalls you will go through today if you don't know them. Because if you don't know the history of the big system that's calling itself the New World Order, the New Order of Things, the Global Society, and so on, who started it up, the organizations, the foundations uh, that were the fronts for the big banking boys, and their working groups especially, like the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute of International Affairs, you won't understand anything that's really happening today. It's all done by deception and keeping the public very distracted with uh, stuff that's sometimes very real, sometimes it's not terribly important at all, but they keep us distracted all the time. And uh, as they go through with their big global meetings, they've been at this for well over a 100 years, and uh, they've pretty well achieved their goals, as far as they're concerned, because they're probably announcing it all the time. And and the public fail to recognize that they're they're hearing nothing about uh, except globalism, globalism, free trade, global free trade, globalism, uh, global bodies to oversee all the free trade, etc., etc., etc. This is way and above any charter any country has of laws. It's way above uh, any constitution that a country has drawn up, existing laws. It's, it's, it's basically built around uh, all existing laws, over and above and around and under, to make sure they can bring in their world order, which is really here. Now, remember two of those audios up there for free downloads, and you can get transcripts from the sites listed at cuttingthroughmedics.com uh, of a lot of the talks I've given in English. Go into alanwatchsentinel.eu for transcripts and other languages for print-up. And you are the audience that bring me to you. You can support me if you buy the books and discs I have at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I could shove out a book a week if I had time to do it, but I don't because I spend so much time on this and with emails and, and you'd be amazed at what comes out of just having uh, this particular radio broadcast every night and so many people to contract and so on. But uh, uh, as it is, I've got books and discs for sale, so you can buy them from the U.S. to Canada by using personal check or international postal money order from the post office, or some people send cash, and you can use PayPal as well. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal as, as well. Now, you, donations, straight donations are awfully welcome as well. Awfully welcome. That's the only what drags me through. And I mean drag me through because it's not a, this is not a business. I'm not going to expand anything or, or, or create an empire or anything like that. This is just uh, someone who came out at the right time because it was time to come out and start educating even the patriot community that was kind of navel-gazing all the time. They didn't realize there was a global war going on. They thought it was all just within certain parts of the U.S., and I came out to show them how it, all this interconnects, all the global meetings and so on. And it, it took off like wildfire. It was the right time to do it. 
and I've been putting out the information ever since. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Now, when you think you're waking up, I've said many times before, you're actually reacting, generally reacting to something hitting you, like losing your home because the bank failures and all the, the, the corruption the, the, the banks were doing with all the mortgage companies and so on, and passing mortgages from one to the other and, and upping the costs, etc. Now, or else you lose your job. One way or another, you, you get hit personally, and, you th- and then you get angry. And you immediately, of course, naturally want to know what's happening, and you go to alternate sites because the mainstream media is giving you this flaccid story of, of just bank troubles and it was all, everything's mistakes and all that rubbish. Then you find out, of course, that no, everything's planned that way, and the banks knew years before exactly what they were doing when they were building bubbles. And um, what I'm, I'm trying to say is you have to get above reacting to things to understand this system. You must get above everything. You must get all the little stories, all the little things that are happening, have happened, and have an overview. And you personally have to put them together for yourself to see what patterns emerge. And when I talk about a world order, you'll understand, if you go into the website at cuttingthroughmatrix.com, what I'm talking about. You'll see that they're all interlaced, all these organizations, all the big things that happen are interlaced including the societal changes that must come out of perpetual war, by the way. I was looking at a communist site today at one of the top Marxist sites. They said the same thing as well, because they understand that war and prolonged war uh, changes things at home as well. You're going into austerity, you're post-democratic, because basically you're under a martial law system across the world that was prearranged before 9-11, obviously, since every country came out with all the same laws at the same time. It means that they all worked together. On this before it happened. And once you see the patterns emerge, you realize you've never had a thing called democracy. You've had little periods in history or in your own lifetime or your parents' lifetimes where you've had a little bit of time where it's been a little easier to accumulate some cash or, or buy that car or whatever it is. All that's to go now under austerity. All your disposable income is to go on taxes and fees and fines and everything else to help, you know, the poor folk across the world and all that rubbish. The stuff that came right out of the Communist Manifesto. You see the top players, the top players, especially in countries like Britain, were actually leaders of the Communist Party. They're, they're running the country. Mr. Mandelson, for instance, not the Labour Party they eventually went into, but the Communist Party, for those who think it all went away by itself. It's just astonishing to see how the both parties, the right and the left, work together at the top. That's the dialectical process of control. We're like balls in a tennis match. And you get whacked from the right side and, and you naturally go over to the complete opposite, which is the left side. And back and forth we go in our voting uh, patterns. That's how it works. And we get conned every turn too because the big boys didn't give us the internet. I've said this from the very beginning. They never gave us the internet to help us. It's con- the fact that con- the internet's conditioning us more than any other thing in history apart from television. 
And, of course, the government, oh, they love it because they knew when they brought this in, they were going to gather all the information they could on every single individual, every single one. Even all of you that out there who think, well, they would never bother me. I'm good. I do what I'm told. I obey the laws. No, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not about that. They've got to have a complete personality profile of you, just in case one day you do blow off some steam. In some way or other. Or maybe you'll come to the, at one of those eureka moments and start writing uh, or, or become active in, in putting out what you know to other people. They want to know that in advance, pre-crime, you see. And they couldn't do any of this without the computer. That's why they gave, gave it to us. That's why they called it personal computer. To me, they said, oh, it's mine, like my camera or my computer. No, it's you buy it. If they ordered you to buy it from the beginning, no one would have taken it. You'd know there was something up. But if you buy it yourself, you think, it's, oh, it's really all mine. I'm, I'm in control of this thing. We've never been in control of it. And, of course, they're tightening all of the, the, the reins today to do with the computer globally, by the way. It's all global agreements because, you see, we are global, if you haven't noticed. And so many of these laws come through organizations that were set up at the United Nations. That's why they set up the United Nations a long time ago. And this new world of austerity is really polarizing the rich and the poor. The, the, the rich is up. A minority. I mean, I'm talking about the multi-billionaires and the multi. I don't even count the millionaires anymore. Multi-billionaires and the trillionaires, and the rest of those are, are just peasants who, who, like the people in China, uh, already commit suicide, getting locked in their factories for pennies an hour. That's the world that they foresee at the top, but they didn't foresee it themselves like today. Uh, their great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents foresaw a long time ago in the 1800s. They always had the fear of the mob, as they call it. They needed the mob to fight wars for them. They needed the wars. Uh, they needed the, the, the mob to go into the factories for them too and, and produce. But in between wars, etc., there's that slacking time. and well, They might start mumbling amongst themselves. And sure enough, you've got labor unions coming out of it, things like that. And, um, but they've always, they've never trusted the ordinary people. And remember what people, big players, big players who really sat in with the Macy group and the other groups that were out there, uh, set up to create the cultures for the Western societies for a hundred years. We're still living through the changes that guys planned a hundred years ago. Like Lord Bertrand Russell, you know. They talked about all of this coming down. And that eventually the ruling elite will become uh, pretty well a separate species. And they are a separate species. They get the highest form of medicine that you would, you, you can't imagine it, but you can't imagine it because you see, none of that is published. That, that level of medicine. That's for an example. Here's these guys go to Davos and everywhere else they go to. They have their 25 course lunches. Uh, they swish it down with a, a couple of gallon of brandy. They, they've never jogged in their lives. And there you have hundreds and hundreds of these characters with no necks, you know, they've no necks but triple chins, all, all sitting together in these rooms. And you never ever see an ambulance pull up to take away one of them because he, he got sick or had a heart attack. It doesn't happen to these guys. 
Yet they're eating the richest food. Certainly it's all, it's all organic, believe you. I mean, ultra organic. They've never eaten the rubbish that they feed us in their lifetime. They've never had the inoculations we've had. But even at that, for the, for the way that they live, they should be sick with massive heart disease and strokes and short livers from all the booze. But it doesn't happen to them. And you're going to sit and wonder why. Well, you see, we live in a, in a system way below theirs. Uh, they, these guys are raised, you know, the top players are raised from, from birth, getting the truth about what the world's all about, how it really runs, how it really works. But they're also told how the people down below see it. Yeah, well, given this bunch down below, this religion called democracy to believe in, uh, and they think things are happening day by day, and they think those politicians down there are actually solving it all for them. That's Can you imagine being brought up like that? Can you imagine getting brought up and getting access to special archives that run in their families of people who have been in government in countries in Europe for maybe 500 years? Astonishing, really. But anyways, I say you must get above all the reactions that you have to bad news. And you have to be able to take the bad news. That's the best part of it, too, and the hardest part of it. Once you can take it, it's the best part. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't shock you. Most people really want someone to come out and tell them the good news, like we're winning. Well, where? I don't see it, folks. Because I've got all their books from their agendas here, and I don't see where they're backtracked on anything. They live, I've mentioned this over many, many, many years. They live in five-year plans for one part, ten for another, fifteen, twenty, fifty, a hundred, and, and beyond. And they bring them in on cue, whatever part the planet was. The Soviets did the same. The United Nations plans worked the same way too. Remember, in the last century, in academia, they kept talking about the century of change that was coming. That was the 21st century. Kicked off. Kicked off in 2001 by something that had to change the whole world and the way we lived. And bingo, as I say, every country came out with exactly the same anti-terrorism bill, all the restrictions on their own people at the same time. That takes collusion. And bureaucrats don't draft this stuff over, uh, don't draft it up overnight. These guys take years to do this stuff. This was all planned. And as far as free energy and all these kind of things go, it's not a matter that it can't be done. It's a matter that of not giving it to you because, you see, power has to make you dependent on them. This new system that Carl Quigley talked about was a system of rulership and a new feudal system where CEOs of international corporations are the, the new uh, overlords. He should know, since he was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations with access to their archives. So, if they give away power to you, well, you don't need them so much. Do you understand that they've they've taken a hundred years to make everyone utterly dependent upon them? They've, They've accomplished their goals of destroying the family unit, creating the welfare state, which the banks love because it's massive uh, compound interest and profit for them when government borrows. They've accomplished so many of their goals. I'll go back on this topic when I come back from this break. 
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and just talking about the system as it really, really is. I've often said if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Because most folk really do want someone else to come along and fix it all for them. It doesn't happen like that in life. Never has happened like that in life. Doesn't, not, never will happen like that in life. It's the individual here and there that, that will stand up on their lonesome because they don't belong to any group who takes the consequences by saying what they have to say. Speaking today it can be a crime. Just speaking can be a crime and we put up with that. We put up with it. Quite amazing. But I mean, there's one guy, it was the, the ice hockey star, refuses to go to the White House for a victory tour to protest at the government because he says it's out of control. That's a guy on his lonesome. Could probably lose his job. Big money, the whole bit. An American ice hockey star has an unconventional rejected a state invitation to visit the White House and President Obama. Tim Thomas, currently one of top players in the U.S.'s National Hockey League, surprised punters by rejecting the invitation. He was invited along with his Boston Bruins teammates after they won the Stanley Cup playoffs, one of the most important competitions in the league. And anyway, he basically said that, um, I believe the federal government has grown out of control, threatening the rights, liberties, and property of the people, he says. He says this is being done at the executive, legislative, and judicial level. Uh, this is in direct opposition to the Constitution and the Founding Fathers' vision for the federal government. And um, that's why he says this, because I, I believe this today, I exercised, my, I exercised my right as a free citizen and did not visit the White House. This was not about politics or party, as in my opinion, both parties are responsible for the situation we are in as a country. This was but a choice I had to make as an individual. You see, if, if you're shopping for relig- religion, you, you can go to these supermarkets, religious supermarkets, and pick the religion that you want. And it's just like buying a suit. There's one for ev- made for everyone. It'll fit you. Try this one. Try that one. And that's what people did in the 60s and 70s and 80s when they brought in Hinduism and all the rest of it to get rid of Christianity. Actually, that was the, the, the objective at the time, just as, as they're getting rid of Islam across uh, the Middle East right now, too. And I mean that, that this is a war on religions. Only one religion will be allowed to exist at the end. And even the CFR's paper today, uh, they were talking about that too. Oh, Egypt's gone back to being uh, Islamist. Uh, we have all the secularists there ready to take power. How do we get them in? Now, what, what are secularists? It means those who are basically the, the modern democratic atheistic type systems. But it's not really that at all. It's, it's the same system as we've got here where a small elite are going to dominate you uh, and simply be ultra, ultra liberal in their own habits at the top where they spend all your cash and, and plunder your property. Uh, but you won't be allowed to live just to just the same level of, of debauchery as they will. Nothing happens by itself. That's what I'm saying. So why is the CFR so determined to eradicate Islam? Hmm? Did, did, did they tell you from the start this was a religious war? At the start I said this is basically that this whole, all these wars in the Middle East are simply the continuation of the Crusades. And the ones who, were, who helped to do it all have already had their own religion eradicated. And we sent in the barbarians, because that's what we have as troops now, a society of grown barbarians. 
with no, it's all moral relativity they're taught, and we put them in there to pee on people after they kill them and do disgusting things like that and rape children. But we've got to demolish uh, religion that really has kept these cultures over in the Middle East together for an awful, awful long time. Because nobody has to ask what the laws are. They all know the laws. They don't have to have our judicial system, as they call it, with thousands and thousands of lawyers on top of it to fix that. They all, they all know the basic rules. They're not hard to learn. But, as I say, that's not in the cards. And it's it's quite interesting to see. He's Obama, for instance, uh, talking at that in his in his big speech that he made too, and um, we've all known that he's put a lot of the taxpayers' money into big pals organizations. Wherever you have, if you want to start off a company, just get what's, what's the end thing? Or pushing electric cars today? There's billions going, you know, in handouts. And that, who did they go to? Their pals. And it says here, Ener One. This is another company. E N E R One. Is a third company to seek bankruptcy protection amongst those the energy department backed as part of the president's signature program to invest in clean energy. Now they've been using electric cars and, and, and playing with these things since the 1950s. They've never given us anything yet uh, that really is, is cost efficient whatsoever. So it's a con, that whole area. They don't intend you to travel under Agenda 21. Look into the United Nations Agenda 21 and Millennium Project says there will be no private vehicles. There will be no private vehicles eventually. There'll be in these, in these, these communitarian areas and towns that you've all to be in, in cities, be essential vehicles only. This article goes on to say, Solyndra, the California solar panel maker and beacon power, a Massachusetts energy storage firm, entered bankruptcy court proceedings in the fall, having received taxpayer-guaranteed loans. Taxpayer-guaranteed. You can start a business. Where can you get taxpayer-guaranteed loans? Of $535 million and $43 million, respectively. And now NR1 struggles is pretty well coming to a close because now they're filed for bankruptcy as well. Back with more after this break. It's just your cash, folks. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and talking about all the cash is dished out to, you know, pals at the top. Of course, we started big corporations because they've been told by government that uh, this is the way of the future, electric cars and things like that. And solar panels that last, if you're lucky, 10 years max and then you replace them all. Anyway, Slender went under, Beacon Power uh, as well as an energy storage firm, battery company in other words. And uh, this other company, Ener One as well, which is also a big battery company. And all their bets were, were, were put on uh, one Norwegian car maker. Nobody starts a business off where everything you're going to make, and if you're going to borrow money too, is going to be put on the promises of one company. It doesn't happen. You don't, you're not so stupid as to do that. Anyway, they did that. Of course, it's only taxpayers' money. 
And it says, and who knows, it might even be planned in advance. Why not? These scammers go on all the time. There's more money made in the stock market now of betting who's going to fail. That all came out during the investigations into the mortgage scams. Some guys were making companies and creating companies, selling them off, and then betting on them failing. We can't keep up with these sharks at the top, you know. But it says the Norwegian car maker filed for bankruptcy protection in 2010. So it's one customer was out of business. And the State of the Union address, of course, Obama, Obama foreshadowed the bad news by saying that he remained proud of his administration's $80 billion commitment to clean energy projects and companies despite periodic failures. <laughs> of course, they always say that, don't they? So, um, yes, it's your cash. And it says, Enners One's application for stimulus money had bipartisan support amongst Indiana lawmakers. The company received $10.5 million in grants and contracts under the George W. Bush administration. An energy department spokesman said that $55 million provided to the company so far continues to support a cutting-edge battery manufacturing plant and that the company does not expect to reduce employment at the site. What's unfortunate, the inner one, uh, the parent company has entered a restructuring process called bankruptcy. The new infusion of $80 million in private capital demonstrates that technology has merit. We've been making batteries since they created the first combustion engine. <laughs> But anyway, that's really uh, how the system works. You're, you're at the low level of reality. And all this stuff, this, this dishing out money and watching the bankruptcies, is all part of the big stage play, folks. It really is. On the highest level of military, where you really have special forces above special forces, they've got technology there that uh, would blow your head away. You wouldn't, understand, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't understand it, in fact. But you'll never see it because giving... Power to the people will never happen. <laughs> you understand that? People who are in power will never give away their power to the people. It's never been done in history. Will Durant and others have always said that. They all know this. So if you're, if you're able to be self-sufficient, then you're not being interdependent. Remember the buzzword is interdependence. You must be dependent on the government and on the global system for everything that you buy or need. And being independent is taboo. Now, everyone knows who, what the onion is, I hope. It's a spoof. They do spoofs on things. And sometimes you have to explain that to people because they, they don't know you're joking about something. But it says, uh, this, is, this is the latest, it says, scientists say, look, one-third of the human race has to die for civilization to be sustainable. So how do we want to do this, it says. And it goes into saying there's no way around it at this point. A coalition of scientists announced Thursday that one-third of the world's population must die to prevent wide-scale depletion of the planet's resources and that humankind needs to figure out immediately how it wants to go about killing off more than two billion members of a species, representing multiple fields of study, including ecology, agriculture, biology, and economics. The researchers told reporters that facts are facts. Humanity has far exceeded sustainable population size, so either one in three humans can choose how they want to die themselves, or there can be some sort of government-mandated liquidation program. But either way, people have to start dying. And it goes on and on and on. I'll put this little spoof up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com for you to have a little laugh at. It's pretty macabre, but so is life. Life is macabre. Ask those folk in Iran who have been waiting for years now for bombs, killing them all off and their families. Try living under that for stress. And of course, 
everyone's on and on and on about, oh my God, actor, they're going to do all this stuff with the internet. They already started doing it. Look back at all the, 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 basically the restrictions they've already put on the internet back to 1995, 96. They've been at this all along. This isn't new. This is the latest bunch hitting us, but it's going to go further and further until there's nothing but mainstream on it. And probably new age Buddhism, because that, that's harmless to anybody, you see. It's no threat to the, to the system. This is in a, this article says in a remarkable resignation statement, the man responsible for the economic union's ACTA negotiations has resigned, blasting the document as secretive and undemocratic. Well, what's new, eh? It says, uh, I want to denounce in the strongest possible manner the entire process that led to the signature of this agreement. No inclusion of civil society organizations, a lack of transparency from the start of the negotiations, repeating, a repeated postponing of the signature of the text without an explanation being ever given, exclusion of the EU Parliament uh, demands that they were expressed on several occasions in our assembly. It says, as a rapporteur of this text, I've faced never-before-seen maneuvers from the right wing of this parliament to impose a rushed calendar before public opinion could be alerted, thus depriving the parliament of its right to expression and uh, of the tools at its disposal to convey citizens' legitimate demands. So he says, everyone knows the ACTA agreement is problematic, whether it's of its impact on civil liberties, the way it makes internet access providers liable, its consequences on generic drug manufacturing, or how little protection it gives to our geographical indications. And he goes on and on as well, beefing off about uh, the fact that it's all done in secrecy. Uh, and he wrote the darn thing up for them. Now he's, he's, he's walked off in disgust, he claims. But, I mean, the EU is the ideal system that we have to go into in, uh, in North America. In fact, for the whole of America, it's under the NAFTA agreement. Non-democratic. It's to be run by these uh, this bunch at the top that literally no one knows who they are. You'll have a, a bunch of representatives who can stand and argue and make jokes at each other and harangue each other, but they have no power to make law or change law. So what's the point in having them? So we have to all copy the same system. Non, we are post-democratic, if you haven't noticed. But anyway, there's a guy who wrote the darn thing up, uh, uh, complaining himself about it. Uh, there's so much corruption in this this, this age that we live in. It's, it's out in the open. That in the older days, we're better at hiding it, uh, the corruption, up in politics, up at what you thought was respectable organizations. They're much better at dealing with it. And uh, we've already read about Haiti and all the, the billions of dollars of your cash has gone into reconstructing Haiti from the years the years ago earthquake that they had. And they're still living in the same mess as, as it today as they were then. Because all these United Nations umbrella organizations get in like a shot uh, and spend it all on themselves. And then they're off to the beach parties and things in Haiti when the folk there can't even get drinking water. No kidding. So I'll put an article up tonight about that. It says, Haiti and the shaming of the AIDS zealots, how donated billions have increased poverty and corruption. Nothing new really about that, but nothing is what it seems to be, is it? And absolutely nothing is what it seems to be. And Japan logged its first trade deficit since 1980. And 
that's bad news for the Japanese and who have been suffering an awful lot in so many ways now. Now, going to uh, New Zealand, uh, Goldman Sachs is all over the planet, you understand. They're acting like brokerage firms. They, they are the military-industrial complex, I should add. All, all the things that they own underneath them are, are all the big corporations in the military-industrial complex. But they say here, Goldman Sachs Group Inc. and Macari Group Limited, a partnership of First New Zealand Capital and Credit Suisse Group AG, will manage the initial public offering of Mighty River Power Limited as New Zealand's government starts the biggest round of state, state asset sales in more than 20 years. It's going the way of Greece. But again, this is something that's more interdependent, you see. Denationalize everybody. That's what it's all about, too. And selling off uh, your assets to, to foreign corporations. I'll put this article up tonight as well. But there's Goldman Sachs all over the, the, the place. Goldman Sachs also did the books for Greece and said they were, they were financially uh, floatable, basically, and, and, and capable of joining the EU. They cooked the books. This biggest, most powerful financial corporation on the planet cooked the books. And didn't get a slap on the wrist for it. And now they're doing it with Croatia and other countries. They're doing the same books for them so they can get into the EU. You understand, we have no judicial system. I hate that word because it doesn't mean what you think it is. But we don't have a system to deal with these. It's not written because the same characters own the legal system. It won't happen. So they can keep doing the same scams over and over and crashing countries left, right and center. Another article too is on how they're cutting back on releasing information that the taxpayer paid for. Such as this one, it says, no science for you. Congress wants to limit your access to research, even though your tax dollar is paid for it. If this bill passes, you'll learn only what mainstream medicine wishes you to know. In 2008, the National Institutes of Health required that all federally funded research publications be made openly available to the public. PubMed Central is a, full, a free full-text archive of biomedical and life sciences journal literature at the National Institutes of Health's National Library of Medicine. The publishers of the journals weren't so happy with this new arrangement. They were afraid no one would pay for their publications if the research results were immediately accessible, so the government agreed to give them a full year of journal sales before the research papers had to be posted on PMC, which lets them keep their subscriber base. Journal subscriptions to educational and medical institutions are expensive and they're big business. But even this generous arrangement isn't good enough for the Association of American Publishers. The trade group liked the old rules where they could sell the tax-funded research back to the taxpayers. So the AAP got two members of Congress, Representative Rep, uh, Carolyn Maloney from New York and Representative Darrell Issa from California to introduce H.R. 3699, Research Works Act, just before the end of 2011. The bill would prevent the NIH or other agency from causing or even allowing private sector research work to be disseminated online without prior consent of both publisher and the study authors, even if the funding came from our tax dollars. So they're changing all the rules and everything, basically. Well, what are peasants for, except just to pay the tax? Is cough up, fill those uniforms now. We need to, no, more active bodies, those uniforms, and, and fight another war for us here and there. And there's no problem getting that to happen. No problem whatsoever. 
This one here shows you how ridiculous it, it, it's going to get worse, actually, with bureaucrats in charge and technocracy. This is from, again, uh, I think it was, was it using Man in coma loses benefits as he's classified fit for work, it says. The government's decision to crack down on, a, on, a, on the, the disabled took a bizarre turn this week after a man in, in a coma was stripped of his benefits because he'd not handed his fitness for work questionnaire in. It's in the UK, it says. And um, it says, so the client's husband is in a, co- in a hospital in a coma, and he was sent this thing to fill in, ESA 501. You can't fill it in because he's in a coma. These are catch 22, right? The decision is part of a lengthening list of seemingly nonsensical judgments handed down by ATOS, A-T-O-S, healthcare's, since it was appointed to oversee benefits claims in 2005. This is the beauty, too, of farming out to private corporations of bureaucrats. Another notable case is that of Larry Newman, who was told to stop slacking and get back to work despite having an incurable lung disease which killed him just months after his assessment. It says the firm has targeted repeatedly over the last few years by campaigners under the banner Atos Kills, with activists pointing to a sharp rise in applications against the decisions being made, with 40% appeals being successful, overall rising to 70% where legal representation is used. So here's the guy, can't get benefits because he has to sign a form, but he's in a coma, you see. And the bureaucrats will, they'll take years to fix that out. Has to go to committee and get all rewritten in subcommittees and, reassessment and all that stuff and you know what it's like you know now canada canada too has joined all the rest of this see we're global and um this article says well the harper government increased the qualifying age for old age security they're hitting back on old age security and pensions across the world it started with greece of course britain's uh is doing the same thing this article here says um the link between the state pension and earnings will also be restored within the next parliament uh this is um they want the state pension will age to rise to 68. They know damn well we're not living as long as we used to, by the way, if you, if you don't know that. They'll keep that quiet and under rats for as long as they can. We're not. We're, we're, we're dying younger. And so they don't want you to get to the pensionable age, but they just want to snafu your pension. I'll put those links up as well. And now I'll go to the, the callers, if I can get this up on my wonderful satellite uh, here, and see what comes up. And there's Sean from New York on the line. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, I'm here. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just, I was reading your book and I stumbled onto something about, um, deacon, um, the priest. Mm-hmm. And, and how much it was such like con men and, mm-hmm. what, um, what, what crossed my mind is did they ever, did it ever cross their mind? Did they think they were con into thinking they were superior than, the, um, the other race? Of um, human um, civilization, like kings, would they think did they ever cross their mind that they were con into thinking these ways? Because it's just um, the thought about it is just they they, they were con men and and they just yeah. continued doing what their teachers told them to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of them, uh, and every generation, you're going to get the con men going into what seems to be easy work. And uh, that's still true today. Uh, I can remember a guy telling me, he said uh, when he was 
going to university, he asked the professor what was the best job to take, uh, easiest job to take for to get good money and pension schemes and care, and he's become going to either religion or become a lawyer, you know, a, a really high lawyer. And uh, that's how it's always been. Uh, in ancient times, uh, the priests no doubt had some kind of, uh, in a small tribal setting, uh, you ever had a witch doctor? We, we call them witch doctors. Of course, they didn't call them witch doctors. They didn't know what a witch was. But, but the fact is, he would have uh, um, basically handed down uh, treatments for ailments, etc. He was looked up to. He could also give guidance on spiritual matters. It's when you have organization coming in in a moneyed system that everything goes to blazes. Because then it's used by the elite to dominate the money. And then they own the priesthoods to keep the people stupid. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and just just finishing with Sean, just to to say that also uh, ancient priests uh, I'm talking like Egyptian and even before Egyptian priests too, uh, really were also lawyers. If you go into the Sumerians, you'll find there were, there were lawyers. They did all the, the work on division of land. A credible amount of information is turned up on them. And uh, very, very organized as well. And so they could read, write, do mathematics. And, of course, they naturally thought to put themselves superior to the, to the general masses. Uh, once money comes in a big money system, that's what you end up with. And unfortunately, you can't separate the two with money. Uh, everything will be used to keep the people subdued. It doesn't matter what religion it is. Uh, and uh, it's, it's done very quickly, too. And, of course, they naturally feel superior than the rest of the general public. Now, we'll go to Daniel from the UK. If he's still there, you're still there, Daniel? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you just mentioned briefly before about the... Um these uh, fat cats and how their health uh, always seems to be good, mm-hmm. considering the abuse they put themselves through. Well, um, do you know anything about that Royal Raymond Wright uh, frequency machine? Because uh, I read about that, and um, yeah. apparently he lived the last two decades of his life like hitting the bottle, um, and he should have been dead. But he kept using this machine, and it kept him alive. Do you know anything about that? Well, well, well that machine is, has been given again. You understand, in every field of health, I don't care what it is, uh, there's, there's a lot of cons go on. Sometimes there's tr- a bit of truth go on as well, but there's a lot of sharks because, you know, you'll, 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 if little Jimmy's sick and he's going to die, everybody's going to chip in or mortgage their homes to, to try to keep him alive. And the, and the sharks have been in there. It's always been full of sharks and all sides of medicine. That's, that's the, the alternate medicine, including uh, general medicine, allopathic. So, um, you get incredible claims. Now, the first claim with Rife Machine was it was a tube. And actually, you'll see that in the old, the old film footage of it. It was not a long, almost like a fluorescent tube that, that flashed through the body, almost like an X-ray, in fact. And this is what they claimed uh, would uh, kill off cancer cells. So it started off for killing off cancer cells. Now there's machines out there that claim, and they claim they're the same thing. They're not. They're not. They don't have these bulbs uh, in them at all. You just tape them on your fingers or something, and all these settings. And they're supposed to cure everything under the sun. So uh, you, you have to use your own reasoning here. Uh, it comes down to belief as opposed to fact, you know. And people go generally with belief or desperation. 
and, and part with thousands of bucks. So be very, very careful. But there's a good, there are good, um, there's good film footage of the early rife machines you see them working on them. They show you the documentation of uh, rats or mice with tumors and then before and after the exposures of the, the special uh, tube burst that he gave them. So I don't know. I mean, no one's followed it up, uh, at least on the allopathic side, to, to give you studies on it to say, yes, it works or it doesn't. Uh, but a lot of stuff out there is awful. Exp- I know people. I, see, I, what I do here, I get in touch with a lot of people who have got all kinds of ailments. And, uh, and I see how desperate they get to save themselves or other people or children. And they bought all this stuff and tried everything, but this, people still die, you know. What about um, Harry Hoxie? Who? H- Harry Hoxie? You know, Harry Hoxie, did you ever hear of him? I don't think so. No, no back in the uh, 1940s, and uh, apparently he had a ca- homeopathic cancer cure, but he got, he got banned for some reason. A lot of them. See, a lot of them have got banned, though. And that gives them more credence in the, in the anti-establishment, basically. So it's a good thing you get banned. It gives you more, more folk are going to believe you, you know. So I, I can't say yes or no, but I haven't looked into him personally. But I've looked into the other stuff. And you've got to use your own reasoning. You don't just simply fall for things. We're being poisoned, basically. If, if they stopped doing that, we'd be fine. But thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, Daniel. From Hamish and South Frontier, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.